Welcome back to Tea Time with Laura Otten and Evelyn Page. I'm Caitlin Grace, founder of Be Her Village. I have actual tea today because apparently it's winter again. So, so I need to feel warm. What are you guys drinking? Tea? Tea. Uh, tea with honey and a touch of milk. I am so chilly and, and it feels damp yeah. and unpleasant. So this is helping. Yes, especially compared to yesterday which was mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So how are you ladies? How's week seven? Uh, yeah. Yesterday, if you, I was thinking about this today. Yesterday, if you talked to me, I've been like, I got this. You know, the sun is shining. I was playing outside all day with the kids. I didn't have work yesterday. I was smooth sailing. And today I'm like, I'm chilly and it's damp. And can I send the kids away somewhere? <laughs> never end. I feel like I used to like my mood or my like sense of time. I think we've talked about sense of time a lot on this, mm -hmm. but it used to be like weekdays, weekends. And now it's like sunny days, rainy days. <laughs> that's the difference. Yes, that's so true. I found the same thing, like rainy, like cold days are the worst because I just feel like, ugh, like I can't, we can't get out any energy. I mean, I feel like so trapped in the house mm -hmm. and there's only, I mean, I have a small house, so there's only like so much space where the kids can be. Yeah. Plus like, you know, my husband needing a, a, a little bit of quiet time to do work, you know, on the days that I'm not working. So, and then like when it's sunny, it's just kind of like, ah, like it's like a free for all. It's like, let's go outside, let's go for a walk, let's, kick a soccer ball around or something but yeah it's, it's, well, I am the only mom out there who I, I go for walks in the rain I suit them up and then they know after the toddler's nap time which is right now on rainy days we go out they get completely muddy and gross strip down the hallway and I put them in the bath so that has helped me it goes back to that like I can't handle being in the house all day. I have to get fresh air. And so my mood definitely isn't as good on the chilly rainy days, but I'm out there and I'm the only one out there. I took a walk this morning and <laughs> there's no one else out there. Um, but yeah, I, I was like you when I had little kids. Mm -hmm. I, I always took them out, but now my kids are older and they have their own opinions about whether, <laughs> about whether they want to be outside. Well, I, I suggested to my four-year-old when it was like kind of rainy not too hard up over the week on sunday i think it was rainy and she kind of looks at me and she's like i don't want to mess up my hair <laughs> i was like okay i so went into like, a 14 year old yeah, yeah. So, i mean i'm not one to walk in the rain myself i don't i don't like that feeling <laughs> but it but it was just feeling like cooped up and i wanted to get out and you know she was not having it so i was like okay I, i'm not going to get into that fight and we actually took a drive on sunday because it was just um my husband really likes to just drive and it's like let's just i was just feeling like that cooped up feeling um and as like a few of my clients said like that feeling of like wanting to throw a tantrum was coming up again and I think that's kind of where I was too. I just wanted to be out of the house and like, I don't want to walk in the same places. And so we just took a drive for a couple of hours and um, I mean, we didn't get out of the car, but it was just nice to just go see other things besides our like car. And have, like, new scenes in front of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I've also yeah. seen things. I yeah. feel like what you just said for me, Laura, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, but if I had to assign a theme to week seven, it is just cabin fever. Everyone is 
tired of being inside. And I think it's hard to see the numbers in terms of the pandemic coming down and yet we're still inside and it's getting nicer out. And for me, at least it's like the crisis is over. Like my own internal, holy shit, what is happening here is over. But Mm -hmm. now it's like, it's mundane and my house is boring and the people I love them deeply my family but like (laughs) I want new people to look at and talk to and touch so that's like what you just said like just going for a drive I had um this is so silly like the things I'm getting excited about now (laughs) it's like it's evidence of my boredom like I got a recall notice in the car uh, for my car and like we packed the whole family up and we went in for an appointment (laughs) It was like driving on the parkway. So like, oh, wow, this is outside again. You know, it's like, um, it's yeah. really incredible. So I would love to hear what you think the theme for week seven quarantine is for like, yeah. what are you hearing from people? I'd second that, that stir craziness and also that um, feeling like you want to rebel against it. And, and I think that's actually happening. People are pushing the limits a little bit more. Yeah, and right. I have sympathy for that. I I really do. I feel the urge myself to push it because we are tired of it. Um, And then I I know I have to remind myself of the urgency of still doing what we're doing, but um, we're pushing that limit a little bit more. Um, I also hear so much from my working parents of just like, how much longer can we do this with the kids and and also this sense of um, being fed up with the expectations from the schooling. I've heard a lot of frustrations around that. Like this is unreasonable and rebelling against that too of um, going try a little bit, but I'm throwing my hands up with this. And so there's that sense of just fed up, maybe fed up is the feeling. Yeah. I think that that's very accurate. And I agree with, I mean, there was traffic yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is everybody just out? And we're just, I mean, I was out, I was in the traffic, but I was out because we went hiking because it was gorgeous. So we went to our favorite park and we played and we hiked, but there was tra- like, there was slow downs on the parkways traffic. And I'm just like, wow, this is, there's a lot of people out right now. And I know, you know, I mean, I talked to my own network of people and it's kind of like somebody said to me last night, you know, it's like they're telling us today you can't hug people and you can't see your parents and tomorrow you know the quote unquote whatever the next day is that they say we can then we'll just magically be able to like there's this frustration i think too of of the messaging we're getting from the government and that's that's like not really for this podcast the political stuff but i think whatever wherever you fall on the political spectrum there's frustration you know of like the the unknown there's no known of when this is going to end and so you know we're new yorkers and we (laughs) kind of take it into our own hands i I feel that's that's really true because even as i've talked to people um you know it's kind of like okay if this may 15th date you know sticks it doesn't mean on may 16th yeah we're gonna run out and go to a restaurant and like hug everybody and you know, kids are going to go back to school, all of these things like aren't just going to happen. So there's still that uncertainty of like, what does it mean even when these restrictions are lifted? So that uncertainty is still there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary to know or to still think about like, you know, I, I you know, and I'll say like, I don't know that I would send my kids back to daycare. Because um, how do you practice social distancing with like two and four year olds and daycare? 
you know, so there's still a lot of things to consider um, to keep everybody safe and healthy. It's not just kind of like it's on an on and off switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be gradual. We don't know what it looks like. Everyone's doing something differently. But I do want to give us a shout out that we've been doing this now for what, six, seven weeks? And so I remember when this first happened and they were talking about <laughs> when, when um, my daughter's UPK teacher called and said school would be closed for a week and I almost cried. And then the idea of doing it for two weeks was so overwhelming for me. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, like I've been doing this. I've had highs and lows. And, um, but I, I want to give a shout out to all of us parents and, and everyone out there um, who have we've managed to do this and maybe now's a good time. Maybe we're at kind of a halfway mark um, or even beyond that. Of like, things Laura, let's not. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, let's look back to figure out, you know, what, what made those good days good and what give ourselves a pat on the back for having gone through this and um, being proud of that because we are here and we made it and we still have ways to go, but hey, like we've done something. Mm-hmm. And along that line, because you know, I, we started kind of with the bad stuff, but moving into the better stuff, at least my personal experience, right? Like you guys are the experts and I'm just the mom that's going through all this. But I find that I'm like so much more deeply connected with my family than I was before. And, and I was very connected to them before, but there's like something about this like very strange experiment of let's all be in the house together for two months and let's not have childcare and let's be together every moment, you know, together in the household. It's not in the same room, although often it really is the same room. Um, There's just been this like closeness with my family. Like my kids are really close to each other in a way that they haven't been since they started school. You know, they, they play together, they, they support each other, they take care of each other, they fight like little lion cubs, and they drive me nuts sometimes, but, but like, that's very normal as well. But there's so much less anxiety, there's so much less stress in certain ways than there was before, because, I don't know, there's just a sense of togetherness, like we don't have all these external factors, we don't have play dates with other kids, we don't have, you know, me and my husband like trying to talk to other adults and ignoring kids and and we don't have school in the in the sense that they're going off and having a whole day and having lots of experiences and then not able to come back and talk to me about them you know like there's just this I don't know we're connected in a way that I kind of don't want to go away and I and I wonder how it will look when school does start again in whatever form that looks like and when my husband goes back to work and when we are allowed to socialize again there is this like little gem that i want to hold on to from this quarantine you know it's like this like coziness there's certainly like i'm literally talking about booking my babysitter every weekend for like the next four years but there's this specialness that has happened there's this good thing that has happened within the context of the quarantine are you guys finding a similar experience yeah, I'm silence. Okay. Yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead, Laura. I'll no, let you go. I was, I'm thinking I there's a simplicity that you're talking about. And it reminds me, and I'll plug my workshop series that's coming up, but um this my journey of motherhood series is starting up again this Saturday. But one of um the exercises I do 
is about um, setting boundaries and saying no to things is a huge form of self-care. So this looks different now than when I last did this workshop series last year, but I was talking to parents about saying no to activities and quote, quote, obligations, family obligations, birthday parties, events, things in order to keep things simple with their family. And now the pandemic has forced the no's for all of that. So obviously we miss a lot of them, but there's a self-care there of, all right, I, I know it is hard to get my children in the car. It is hard to pack up the diaper bag and make sure everyone has the food and work around nap time, all of these variables that go on in moms and dads' heads of going somewhere or socializing with friends, that it can be fun, but it's also stressful. And what you're talking about, Caitlin, is like taking that away and just like, okay, you know, for those of us with little kids, all right, it's nap time. I'm not stopping anything. It's just time for nap. And I'm not forcing one up in the car to go somewhere and pushing them, they're too tired, but I wanna keep doing whatever we're doing. You know, there's none of that. And so you have this natural flow that used to be around, I don't even know how many decades ago. Um, I'm not quite sure, you know, it, it many. fell away. <laughs> many, many That's of just this letting kids be kids and play and more unsupervised play and unstructured play that um, has been shown to be so healthy for them and healthy for us too. I think that's what you're speaking towards. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's like this, all the external distractions and sources of anxiety and stress are gone. And we're just like really in tune with each other and in a way that we haven't been before. And I, and I, and I love that idea of like saying no to things. I think I get, I get this, like, I'm in a good place right now in a, in such a way that I like think about going back to life and I know life won't look the same, but I think about it and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, how am I going to, I don't want to do all the things I did before. I don't want to be out of the house as much before. And I was always somebody that loved to be at my house. I couldn't stand being in my house because I have a hard time sitting still. And this has actually forced me to sit still and get comfortable and figure out what was making me uncomfortable. It's like this incredible time of, of growth. And it's been really interesting to, to have it forced upon me. <laughs> through crisis you know that we would call uh evelyn and i would call that exposure therapy right. it's the most effective form of therapy for anxiety is you yeah. expose yourself to it and you sit with that anxiety and your yeah. body realizes that you can handle it right. and so the next time you have to deal with it it doesn't respond as strongly the worst thing for anxiety is to avoid whatever you're anxious about and that's what you're speaking towards yeah so there you go so i was I don't know that I ever recognized my need to go out and the need to always be doing something and to always have an activity as a form of anxiety, but it like it was because it's like being home alone with three kids who have lots of different needs and lots of interests and lots of hours and lots of energy. It, it was like, you know, it was a lot. And then, and now suddenly we're doing it and it feels good. And the day is kind of over before we even know it. And I don't know, it's, it's nice to realize that we can, do all of this without the other stuff. And I feel like I'm going to be very selective about what we add back in and how we add it. I was noticing too with my kids of just how much they're connecting with each other. I mean, they're four and almost two and like, you know, they would go to daycare, they were in daycare full time and, but they're in different classrooms. 
So they see each other like in the hallway here and there, but, but now that they're together, it's just, it's really nice to see how much closer they're getting, um, how much they're getting more in tune with each other and how sweet they are with each other. And I mean, yeah, we have our like rough days too. And there's a lot of the tantrums and fighting and things like that. But then there's these like really precious moments where you kind of see them, whether it is like, you know, my older one showing the little one how to use the iPad or their tablet and, you know, screen time, like whatever, like it's happening, <laughs> but it's nice to see them like Everybody. teaching each other. Yeah. Um, and, and also even with the little one that I realized, like I, it, just seeing her like vocabulary like exploding right now and I think you know she's hearing us talk all day long and and my four-year-old and so it's kind of like I I mean you see them obviously develop even when kids are going to daycare but you don't see them literally every single day all day long mm -hmm. so I really like come to appreciate that too and I think I will miss that because they they will eventually go back to daycare when we feel that it's safe for everybody. Um, or like the third grade, you know, whenever. <laughs> yeah, you know, at some point they will. I mean, I, at some point I need to get back to kind of like a real work schedule yeah. too. But I, I think I'm going to miss that. I mean, as, as difficult as it is having them around all the time while both of us are trying to work, um, it's really sweet to just see, see their relationship as siblings um, develop. Mm, absolutely. And that speaks to like of being mindful of what we're grateful for for during mm -hmm. this time. I think right. this is you know we hear the stories of the healthcare workers on the front lines and what they've been going through and families who have lost loved ones and how horrendous that has been the deaths and being alone. And so it does remind you of what is the most important here. Um, and we, we have family member pass away before this. And I was talking to my husband about it and he's like, I'm so grateful it happened before because we were all there, you know, this huge family where they were all able to say goodbye and be with him as he died and as sad and, and we didn't know what was coming. Um, but they appreciated that at the time, but didn't appreciate how, um, that could change and we took that for granted and so this is a reminder of like you know as, as long as my family is safe and we're healthy and um we, you know we have nutritious food to put on the table like that i don't know how my world would be if that was taken away like that would crumble my world this i can handle we adapt it's incredible how we adapt to all of this um, mm -hmm. that we are more flexible than we think that we are because look at us seven weeks in we've done it we've adapted to it um but this is a nice moment to take that as like okay what about this do i like and i don't want to change back to mm -hmm. and let me remember what's really important in my life right now yes absolutely is this what you guys are seeing this this sort of sentiment from the people that you're supporting in your workshops <coughs> or in your private practice? Are you seeing the same sense of finding growth and finding like a way to improve, not necessarily improve, but finding like the silver lining in all this or what are you guys seeing? I mean, I've seen a lot in my practice with um, my clients of kind of, of recognizing strengths that they didn't know that they had and kind of reinforcing that or even going back to just other prior experiences and seeing how, I mean, none of us have lived through a pandemic, but may have been through other just 
hardships and like realizing like I do have strengths and I can use some of those things now. And, and like you said, Laura, being like grateful for what I do have, um, you know, for the families that um, are able to continue working and, you know, they still have an income that hasn't been like a, that source of stress. Um, so being grateful for that, grateful that they can, you know, order their groceries. They don't have to go outside that they can, um, connect more with, you know, extended family that they hadn't seen in a while. You know, so people are kind of really connecting over video with a lot of people that they hadn't spoken to before. So, you know, despite like kind of the hard things about, about living in quarantine, there's been a lot of like gratitude that comes up too. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of, yeah, a lot of that growth. I actually, in this past week had two moms who are as hard as everything is, they're doing great. And I'm talking to them about discharging because just because life is hard doesn't mean you have to start in the middle of a pandemic yeah. Yeah, because as much therapist <laughs> well, as much as um this is hard you know my philosophy and, and evelyn's is too is like i'm getting them ready for a place where they can meet hardships and work their way themselves through it and not need me anymore that's always the goal and yeah. so the uh, goal isn't absence of problems or hardship or anxiety, but rather than um, using the tools learned in the therapeutic session to apply on the other days. And so it's like, and you know, and, and they're questioning it like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like you're doing great. And this is hard and I'm still here, but um, you're doing really well. And like Evelyn said, pulling on strengths that they may not have known that they had um, and using what like this is offering a lot of opportunity to use the stuff that we talk about in therapy to try out during the week, whether that's communicating better with their partner because their partner is there all the time, um, balancing that workload. Like so often with our busy lives before pandemic, you can put things off and not deal with those problems as much or uh, not feeling yeah, not feeling confident in being a mom. Well, here you are 24-7 partner mom and in a lot of cases work. So you have to deal with it. And as difficult as that is, it's been um, a period of rapid growth for my clients to meet those challenges head on practice. A period of rapid growth is like the best marketing spin on this. (laughs) (laughs) You have this amazing opportunity to have rapid growth in your self-development, aka shit is hitting the fan and now you need to face everything in your life. You have to face it Mm -hmm. and uh, we're in crisis and and it's very similar to that postpartum time or planning a big event or or having a crisis in your life to, to take it in the step of growing from it and not crumbling from it. And um, I am, so my series starts up this Saturday and I've had to tweak all all of it because it looks so different now. Um, But I do hope mom, I do want to put in a plug for that because I love doing the series last year. It's a four part series that touches on um, four big pillars of being a mom. So adjusting to that new normal body image, nurturing relationship with your partner and um, work-life baby pandemic balance. I'm adding a few more things to balance into that. Um, So I've had a lot of fun, um, you know, tweaking those worksheets and exercises that I make for that. And it's always great reminders for me too, because I learn from it as well. That's great. We, um, 
And I'll just say, I think oh, Laura's sorry. workshops are, are great. So um, I, I even attended, I think, three of them um, the last mm -hmm. time you did it. And, you know, it's, it was just really nice to kind of work through some of that stuff for myself and my partner, you know, and it's, you know, I am a therapist and I kind of use a lot of those skills, but it was nice to, to kind of like sit back and, and not be the therapist in that, in that situation. So um, I think all of, like all four workshops are just so important. Like, just like, like you said, Laura, like kind of the four big pillars for um, people have like, after you have a baby, like that journey into motherhood. Um, Thanks, um, Be Her Village posted a comparison essentially between Janelle does our social media and she quoted me, which is like a funny thing to uh, wake up and see on Instagram um, is yourself being quoted. <laughs> but essentially it was the comparison of labor, pregnancy, birth, postpartum and quarantine because every woman I speak to, you guys and, and birthing women and pregnant women, it's like and women who have 11 year olds, you know, it's like for most of us, childbirth, pregnancy and becoming mothers was like the other huge hard thing that we had to get through. And this pandemic reminds so many people of that struggle because, and it looks different, kind of like how this pandemic, it looks different for everyone. You know, we have different pregnancies, we have different issues going into it, different strengths going into it. Um, and so I posted in the Long Island Dual Association, I don't know if you guys have seen, but I posted saying, um, what stage of labor, quarantine labor are you in? And the answers were hysterical and kind of all across the board. You know, it was like, for some people, it was, they were in the middle of transition. For some people, for me, it was like the baby was already out. For others, it was the ring of fire. <laughs> they were like having a perpetual ring of fire. Um, but there's definitely, I think there's such an interesting relationship between birthing people and new moms and postpartum with this quarantine because there's just there's so many similarities in how we respond to stress and and also the the quarantine is similar to a labor in that it's this unknown length of time and it's harder for some people than for other people you know some people are well supported and it's a little bit of a change but it's not so bad and for others it it feels like an impossible mountain to climb so it's really, it's great that you guys are kind of in this field. I feel like it's so similar to, to help women through their typical postpartum issues and their, and their transition into motherhood and to help them through a quarantine and a pandemic. It, it really, there's so many parallels to be drawn between the two. Right. I, I kind of felt that way. That was starting to come up for me too. And so just that, like with the idea of like these moving dates of like first it was two weeks and then two weeks later now we're like we're at May 15th and it almost it very much felt like so I both so I went through a lot of fertility treatments to, on my journey to start a family and it's like this constant moving target of like you know you do an egg retrieval you do a transfer and then you're waiting and then it doesn't work and then you do it again and and then you know, and my older one at home is now, um, she was adopted. And so there's this whole other kind of like stop and start, you know, in the whole adoption process. Um, you know, so that, that really does kind of resonate for me and kind of like that whole process, like the ups and downs. And, you know, we, we did experience, you know, as, you know, our first daughter was stillborn. And so there was, you know, the, the lows and, you know, the highs of, you know, eventually we were able to bring a baby home. 
I was eventually able to carry a baby. So this was like, there is like that up and down and that back and forth of like what labor, you know, birthing a baby does feel like, you know, in, in this whole like, journey. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting. And I feel see like, all similarity. yeah. And I feel like that journey, no matter what your birth story looks like, whether you go in for an elective cesarean or, you know, you have a loss or you adopt or you have a really straightforward labor and birth, it changes you, right? Like you don't go into it the same, you don't come out of it the same way you went into it. And I feel, at least for me, that that's how this quarantine is. It's like who I was before is gone. <laughs> in a good way though, you know, it's like we're always sure. different yeah. from this. And and we're going to have things that we gained from this and things that we lost from that. Just like when you become a mom and no matter how you become a mom, it's you've gained so much and then you grieve what you've lost yeah. as well. And sometimes it, you know, we feel guilty for grieving what we've lost because well, what look at what I have, but you can do both. And that's been a big message of these tea times too is you can feel grateful and you can say like, oh, I love this time and I'm so grateful for this time. And I also grieve this and that and I miss this and I miss that and feel sorry for myself sometimes. It's both, that's what motherhood is. It's that constant paradox. Yeah. You know, go to sleep, I need a break. And then, oh, I'm going to look at pictures of you because you're so cute and wonderful. And I miss right. you because you're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and I miss you because you're sleeping, but stay asleep. But also like, right. it'd be okay if you woke up a little. But no, stay asleep. You know, that, yeah. That's motherhood. That's parenthood right there. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, it's like that dance, that constant back and forth. And it just feels like, I mean, that'll kind of be, you know, raising kids. It's it's like this dance back and forth of like, I want you, but I need space. And and, and kids feeling that too, like when they're kind of like craving their independence and like, mm-hmm. I want mom or dad, but like, leave me alone too. Absolutely. Well, thank you ladies so much. This is as usual, my, I think it's my favorite part of the week, both because I get to see you guys and talk about all the things, but also because I get to kick my family out because I'm recording. And this is the only clean corner of my house. <laughs> so I enjoy that too. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Thank you, Caitlin. Right. Thank you, Caitlin.